everybody. This is Cynthia Barnes back with another episode of Unstoppable with Cynthia Barnes. And I have the pleasure today of speaking with Erica Eller. Erica, how are you? I am doing so great. I'm so excited. I have been looking so forward to this. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I, I don't know if you could be more excited than I am. It's been a while since we've connected and I've been yes. following you on LinkedIn and you've had so many changes and you have impacted my life in so many ways. Can we just start by saying, you know, what are you up to these days? Oh yeah, so much. I feel like, what am I not? That's probably easier. <laughs> like, what am I not doing? Like, I'm not crocheting. I'm not knitting. So I am currently a head coach and a sales manager for Stacy Tushel of Foot Traffic Formula. And so we help small businesses increase their leads, generate more profit and get more time back in their life rather than being so much in the business. We're helping them to truly take ownership and become the CEOs of their business. Awesome. Yeah. So when we met, you were doing something a little different, a little different. Yeah. Talk to me yeah, about I that. I think when we first met, I was in sales. Like that's basically like that is my background, right? So I, you know, my degree is in business management. I've always been in marketing and business, but then I became an entrepreneur. Like I just have that entrepreneurial background. My family is just full of entrepreneurs. And so like, that's just, it's in me. I probably will never like lose that aspect. I daily, I think about like, what business could I build? You know, like I'm always thinking that way. But when we're talking a lot, it was about, I had become a stress coach, stress management coach. Yes. And so I was really focused in on executive women that were burning out and they were basically, that candle was lit on both ends and they were pouring gasoline on that candle and it was impacting them in their business. It was impacting relationships. It was impacting uh, their health. And so yes. they were coming to me because they were at that point of, they had hit the wall and they were trying to recover. And so just helping them to basically create that new normal and helping mm -hmm. them to understand how the choices that you make every single day are either like working for you or against you and being able to discern what is working for you or against you in that daily moment, you know, as you're making these decisions, that's, you know, the part where I was coaching them. Yes. I remember being on a webinar with you. It was either mm -hmm. a webinar or a podcast, but you were interviewing me and I was a typical case study, if you will, because I was yeah. close to burnout. Yeah. So I that remember. was, yeah. <laughs> that was pre pandemic. So when we talk mm -hmm. about going into the pandemic and the work that you do now mm -hmm. and the work that you used to do, what carried over from your previous work to what you do now? Yeah. Oh, I, I see it. I see such a connection there. So before the pandemic, the rate of burnout was so high before the pandemic. Nine out of 10 visits to a primary care physician were for stress-related symptoms. And so in 2019, the CDC had actually declared, you know, burnout as a as an actual diagnosis. So in 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 the CDC codes, that was something that had been 
just implemented. Before it was all of the symptoms around it, right? So, you know, like if sleeplessness, anxiety, digestive issues, you know, like IBS. It was a symptom from the stress, but it was just being targeted as like, this is what it is. But now burnout in 2019 had been declared as a diagnosis, a true physical diagnosis. So going into the pandemic, that was a difficult time for people. You know, life as we knew know it and knew it then, it, it just completely on its head, right? And so what I was able to do is take that stress management background and everything that I that I've known, that I've practiced, that I've taught. I was able to move that into the work that I do now because I'm still coaching and they're still business owners, but helping them to understand, okay, like there is a definite place for you to be like focusing on, but how can you manage your time so that you don't feel like you're just overwhelmed and how can you gain more clarity? And I think that's the biggest piece when people feel those stressors, it's typically because they don't know what that next step is. They know everything that's in front of them, but it becomes overwhelming because it's, well, what do I do now? You know, and it feels like this giant mountain before you. And, you know, it's one step at a time. That's how you get to the peak. It's not that you just, you know, jump and and you're there. I've heard anxiety described as a feeling of that mountain that you talk about and that you have to do it all now. Mm-hmm. And they, that's how someone described anxiety to me. So for those women that see that mountain and you talk about doing the next best thing, how do you determine what that next best thing is? Because sometimes I know a lot of women, myself included, see that mountain and we say, I've got all of this stuff to do. And mm-hmm. there's so many next steps that I can take. How do I First of all, calm down, get in the right headspace so that I'm able to make the next right decision. And how do I know what that is? Yeah, and that's a great question. And I wish I could say like, oh, this is this is the definite formula for it. You know, you do A to get to B and then you get C. I wish I could say that. But it is truly different for everybody in every situation. I do think that disconnecting for a bit is critical you know, to take that step back and to really evaluate like, okay, what are my options? And in stress management, you know, like I've always said like there were, you had three options, right? As you approach a stressor. The first one is that you completely change the circumstance. You know, you remove yourself from the situation. But now you might be in a job, right? That it's stressful, but you can't necessarily just, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I'm going to quit. You could do that. But not everybody, you know, has the luxury to just say, well, I'm out, right? You have clients that that you have already committed to. You have projects in process. and, And that's just not a feasible thing. So then you have to say, okay, well, how can I change my perception of what this is? That's your other option. You're in the same circumstance, but you're just looking at it from a different point of view to change how you're thinking about it. And then the third is that you just completely adapt to that particular stressor where you almost assume like, okay, this is the norm. This is what I'm going to expect. Now, what I encourage people in is that we're always going to have these circumstances. You know, life, like that's, that's just life. We have not been promised, you know, just a 
pain-free, trouble-free life. Right. But we do have the ability to change the way that we think about the circumstances. So we're always going to have something in front of us that challenges us, that creates that tension, that stress within us. And that is our brain telling us, okay, this is different. This is scary. You've never been in this situation. And it's that fight or flight, right? It's that survival that we have. And I think that it's so amazing that we were created with the ability to to recognize, okay, like this is just how I'm thinking about it and I can change. I can interrupt how I'm thinking about it. And so I think, you know, that's probably the most important work that I do is helping people to understand that your thoughts about a circumstance are what create the feelings, which create the actions that you are taking or not taking, which lead to the results that you're getting. And so understanding. Oh, go ahead. It sounds like some cognitive behavioral therapy in there. There you go. Yeah. And that's the thing that is so cool, Cynthia, is that we have the ability to change how we think. Like that's the way that we've been designed. Now we have these thoughts and these patterns that have probably been like so embedded in us, you know, since we were children, right? Like we have learned things. We have seen, you know, our parents respond in certain ways and we think, okay, well, that's the way that I'm supposed to respond. And then As you get older, as you grow wiser, as you learn from things, hopefully, you know, I'm always like, what can I learn from this? If I'm not learning, I'm, I'm not doing something right. But as you learn, you can adjust and you can actually take a step back and realize, okay, what I've been doing is not working. And you know Mm -hmm. the saying that if you want different results, you have to take different actions. And so that is, you know, that's like the biggest piece of stress management, you know, where you probably, you know, like, you know, someone or maybe like you, you are that person. I mean, I know I was this person where it's like, why am I always so stressed? And it's because I was so focused on the stress instead of, okay, what do I have in front of me and how can I make it manageable right now? And I think a lot of it has to do with changing the mindset. First of all, acknowledging it. Mm -hmm. Second of all, exactly what you said. If you want different, you have to do different. And third of all, having some tactics in place for that pattern interrupt that you talk about. Mm -hmm. Because when we are in the moment, we're on that base level of cognitive response. And we can't actually think on those higher levels of this is what I should be doing. We're totally and completely reactionary. So how do we go from, in your opinion, how do we get from, okay, I'm totally in the moment. I'm reactionary. I can't even think to what type of pattern interrupt tactics can we use to Mm -hmm. say, okay, let's stop. Let's breathe. Let's act differently. What can we do? Yeah. So it's interesting because the more that you start that pattern interrupt, the quicker you get to it as you go down the road. So mm. as you become, you know, as you start doing this for the first time, it feels very foreign. You know, we're like, okay, how am I supposed to interrupt this thought pattern? Especially when it's, that has been historically how you have dealt with it, how you've managed. These are the behaviors that you've had in place, but now you're trying to create new habits and it starts slow. It starts with one thing at a time. So the first thing is to just identify. You will typically have the same thought 
that is recurring when you are in times of stress. And it's usually, I can't do this. I'm not capable. I'm going to fail. What are people going to think of me? People are going to find out that I am completely ill-equipped for this you know, position. And you know, we're in sales, Cynthia. And so like, this is what we do. And sales, everybody probably knows. I mean, that's probably why a lot of people are like, I don't ever want to do sales. Like, no way. Because it is, you are on. You are on. It is high stress. You have quotas that you are going after. You are qualifying leads. I mean, it's, there's just a lot of moving pieces and there's never, I mean, at least for me, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I'm like, every day is different. Every day is completely different. I have kind of those those same behaviors, you know, and and actions that I take every single day with sales generating activity. But, you know, it's there's always something different. You know, there's always something thrown in where you're like, well, I didn't see that coming. And so when that happens, the first thing that I will tend to, to go to is I'm not cut out for this. Yeah. I can't do this. That's the first thing. And so what I have identified is that when I have that thought, I actually already have an opposite thought. So we spend so much time thinking about that thing that is, you know, that little voice, you know, like you can't do this. You're not going to do this. You're going to fail. Everyone's going to watch it. It, You know, it's going to be like, you know, the the big plane going down, you know, that's on fire, (laughs) you know, people jumping out like that's, that's what people are seeing in my life right now. And that's not the case. So I like to do what's called equal play time, equal okay. air time. Instead of spending all of my time and attention thinking about how I'm going to fail, how everyone is seeing this, how, you know, like I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. I flip that thought and I now change it to you have everything within you to do this one step at a time. So I literally... <laughs> So I literally, when I, now I recognize when I get to that place of discouragement and defeat, okay, I've, I've had that thought. What's the other side? I'm going to spend some time there. And what happens is that's how neuropathways are created because your brain has gone so used to like, oh, this is it. You know, this is the thought catastrophize go, you know, just, just run with it, girl. But now it's like, nope, I have everything within me. I have been prepared for this moment. What step am I going to take next? And I think those affirmations are crucial for our Mm -hmm. success because we have something like 80,000 thoughts a day. How many of them are negative? How many of them are programmed in our brain or those neural pathways that you mentioned? And Mm -hmm. imagine if we were to take and say that affirmation 100 times a day. Mm Mm-hmm. How much easier would it be to create a neuro, a new neural pathway so that we automatically didn't flip to the negative? Is that even yeah. possible? Well, I think, you know, again, like your brain is created for survival. And so when you are coming into something that's new, that's uncomfortable, your body does not want to be in that state of discomfort. And how you think about something, you know, that is uncomfortable, that is unpleasant, you know, you have to have that hard conversation with a boss or an employee and you're like, I don't want to do that. You know, like I dread those things and, but your brain is responding the same exact way as it would if you were, you know, running from, you know, like someone, you know, with a gun, right. Chasing you. 
Okay. Your brain is going to that like survival, like it is fight or flight. But you, your brain is really great in you know the plasticity and how we can change it. But it's not good at discerning between this is just a thought, it's completely made up in my mind, to this is truth. And so to change it, it takes time. And I really think it's it's a lifetime of, of mm. practice and recognizing. I think you do get better. I feel like I'm so much better right now at recognizing like, oh, okay, like I'm going into that, you know, catastrophe mindset, you know, like this is going to, you know, everything's burning down around me <laughs> to, okay, no, like I'm thinking that, but how can I change the thought right now to honor like what I'm going into, you know, to honor like that struggle, mm-hmm. but to also recognize that it's not forever and that right. it doesn't mean, you know, like no one's dying, right? No one is going to die. You know, if, if I don't hit this, you know, this certain quota, you mm-hmm. know, but what can I do right now? And, you know, I think it's, it's truly like a step by step. And as people are learning how to do this, like it feels very foreign. So it's just kind of that, like one step at a time of like, okay, I'm not sure how to do this, but I'm learning, I'm figuring it out. Yes. And then you just kind of move to like, okay, I'm figuring it out. You know, what can I do right now to get me to my goals? You know, and like you just kind of progressively move that thought and change that thought and refine that thought as you get more and more practice. I love that. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier that I can relate to in now and also in my previous roles as an individual contributor and as a sales manager. In sales, we are constantly on. Mm-hmm. We are on to the point where I'm sure our adrenal glands are in <laughs> overload if they're still working. I, they are toast. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes we get into our roles. And for me, it was I would wake up in the morning and I would check email. And I would go Mm -hmm. throughout my day and I'm on. Then I would come home and I would still be in Mm -hmm. that mindset, in that go, 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 go. And then I would sleep. And my friends used to say, Cynthia, you have two speeds, 180 miles an hour and zero. Mm -hmm. How do we get from, how do we have some space in between? Because I know a lot of women in sales have roles where their wives, their mothers, their teachers, especially in the pandemic, the the kids are homeschooled. When do we decompress and how do we decompress so that we can do it again tomorrow and show up as our best selves? Yeah. I love this question so much. And I remember talking to you because it was like, Cynthia sleeps approximately two hours a night. You know, and I remember like, how is she surviving? And, but I mean, that's like, that's what, (laughs) yeah, she, she has the, I remember you telling me about your caffeine and getting like the highest potency coffee and like, and that, like, that's the thing is like, we're, we become reliant on artificial stimulants to keep us going because our physical energy is gone because that's what happens in a stress. Your body is so much in a stress response. And in survival mechanism. And, you know, here's just to like geek out a little bit on the physiology. But your body is, your body is not doing all of like the normal processes for health. You know, so like your body, when you are in a stress response, 
Your body is not focused on hormone synthesis and like healthy hormone production. Your body is not focused on digestion because it thinks like this could be a famine, right? You, you have to survive. So like reserve, reserve all energy stores. And your body is not utilizing minerals in the way that it should for all of these other like functions, you know, brain health and immune health instead, like it's burning through them in survival. So then you see people that they are mineral deficient. They have, you know, like so many of these deficiencies, they now have sleep issues. They have digestive issues, headaches, you know, just poor cognitive health. Like you're not thinking clearly. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of women listening are probably like, check, 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 check. 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 Yeah. So how do you like change that? Right. And then like your question of, okay, how do we decompress? And here's the thing. I want everybody to just like lean in. Here's the secret. You have to create the time. Everybody is waiting for the time to happen, you, for that, that white space to just become available. But the way that we go, white space never becomes available because we're like, oh, here's a spot. Yeah, I can put you in there. Yeah. Yep, here's a spot. Okay, yep, I, I've got time. You need my time? Okay, yep, I have, I have five minutes right here. Let me put you in. And so what I've switched for myself, especially like going from kind of, you know, entrepreneur, business owner to now, like I'm working with a team, I'm leading a team again, you know, like I started noticing that pattern within myself of, okay, like I'm just on all the time and I want to be responsive to my team and, you know, like sales, like sales, you don't, sales doesn't sleep. You know, people decide that they, they would like to make a buying decision at 10 PM. You know, and they've got questions for you. Are you know, do you have a minute, you know, first thing in the morning? And and you're kind of like answering questions, you know, right there, you're answering emails. And so what I had to do was I had to practice boundaries with myself. Mm. A lot of people talk about boundaries with other people, but I recognized I had zero boundaries with myself. And part of that was I was not allowing time for rest. I, I started kind of going into that like what I warn people against. So one of the things that I do, and I have found this very helpful, and I train my team now to do this as well, is that on Sunday evenings or afternoons, I plan out my week. But the very first thing, like I already have some appointments that have already been set, you know, so I see those on the calendar. But the very first thing that I plan is downtime. So Mm -hmm. for me, my quiet time in the morning is really important. And so when I get to bed and waking up, that is all like very connected. If I'm going to bed late, it impacts when I'm waking up. You know, I have that quiet set, but then I'm too tired, you know, so I've got to sleep just a little bit later. Well, now I don't have my quiet time. I haven't started my day in the right way. I'm immediately in reactive mode. Like you were talking about, I wake up, I, I pick up that phone. I'm checking emails. I'm responding to Voxer messages or Slack messages, and I'm just going. Right. Instead of like starting the day slow, you know, like have the cup of coffee, you know, like I'm not saying, you know, get rid of your coffee. I have my cup of coffee, but I'm journaling, you know, for me, like my faith is very important. So like I'm, you know, in my Bible, I'm connecting with God, I'm praying. And that's just like that rhythm to, you know, like I start my day in gratitude. Like I am grateful for what I get to do. I am grateful that I get to like help change people's lives. I'm, I'm thankful for the help that I have. 
and I am thankful for just my ability to just experience life. How can I make someone's day today? Yes. And that is very different going into your day from like, okay, like what's, you know, what's, what's my phone say, you know, who needs me? And then you're going, right? You're already starting frazzled. So that's the first thing. I also plan out workouts. I mean, even if it's just like, you know, okay, this week is jammed. How can I put in like a 15 minute walk at minimum per day and that I'm scheduling it in. And I honor that time. I haven't always been good about this. And I mean, yesterday, like stuff was coming at me. I had my workout scheduled for 11 a.m. You know, kind of like, okay, here's the midpoint of my day. I'm going to work out. At 11 a.m., something came in and, you know, so I'm, I'm doing that. And then I thought like, oh, I should just like keep going. And I thought, no, like that was your time. Go honor the time. Stop. This will be back. This will be here when you come back. Mm-hmm. So doing that date night, like, you know, that's like one of those like things, like it's just, it's on the calendar every Friday, you know, like there's, there's nothing that I allow to interrupt that. And then time with like connecting with the family, you know, and like dinner time. And, you know, my kids are a little bit older now. And so whenever, you know, they're like, Hey mom, you know, like, can we get dinner or whatever? Like I'm a yes, you know, and I want to make sure that like I have that space where before it was very reactive and it was like, well, I don't know, like I've got, you know, I've got this deadline, I've got this project, there's so much going on. I don't want to get to the end of my life wishing that I would have taken more time to care for myself and to care for those that meant the most to me. Absolutely. You know? So I think like, you know, to go back to your question, I feel like I kind of like, you know, jumping all over the place, but it's you have to make the time if you don't make the time you know time doesn't just get doesn't just become available you have to make the time you have to make that the priority and then you know looking at your life holistically like how are you supporting your body in the best way because you know we're in sales like it it is stressful it is demanding like that's that is just the scope of the world that we are in career-wise. But what can we be doing to support our body while we're in this? Like we have chosen this. We've chosen it because we love it. We've chosen it because, you know, of our ability to connect with people and to, you know, change lives. But we have to be taking care of ourselves or we don't get to do that. We don't get to have that longevity that we want in this career. So sleep, how you are supporting your body nutritionally, movements, you know, getting outside, breathing fresh air, getting out of that chair. Oh my God, you know, like <laughs> just taking a walk down the hall, doing, doing a couple laps. But looking at that and for sure scheduling like some downtime, you know, like one thing that I like to do is I actually plan for one day a month where it's, it's just like it's planning it's, you know, kind of that vision casting, you know, looking at, okay, where are we at? Where do we want to go? But it's much more um, of that forward thinking rather than reactive thinking. Yes. Yes. I think you said so many golden nuggets in there, pearls of wisdom, as I call them. Prioritizing self-care, whether it's emotional self-care, whether it's physical self-care mm-hmm. is important. And they used to say, and they probably still do, that if you don't schedule it, 
it doesn't yeah, get done. Exactly. So we have showered every day for our adult lives because it's the thing to do. That's what I mean, we, we brush <laughs> that our is teeth because right. it, it is the appropriate thing to yes. do. I would love for women in sales to prioritize self-care. Now, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. We all care for self. We brush our teeth. We eat. We, we sleep. We do self-care. I'm encouraging everyone that's listening to level that up because mm-hmm. after all, in order to show up as our best selves in crucial moments where influence matters most and mm-hmm. influencing is getting those decision makers to say, yes, that's what sales is. Yeah. We can't be our best selves if we don't take care to ensure that we are our best selves. So. Yes. Yes, and living on caffeine and minimal sleep and that hustle, 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 that may sound good. It may sound like a tagline or a punchline mm-hmm. at parties, but the reality is, and you hit the nail on the head, that we can't give to others if mm-hmm. we are not giving to ourselves first. Right. Yeah, and the thing is that your body can only run in that direction at that speed for just a certain amount of time. Like I've shared with people my stories, stories, not one, but stories of burnout. I had a physical burnout, not once, but twice. The first time was from over-exercising and under-eating and just pushing my body in that way Mm. and just demanding uh, from it because I was trying to conform to what society told me I needed to look like. Yeah. What does this body have to look like in order to be socially acceptable? Which now, you know, I I think back to that and, you know, what I would give to, you know, just have a different mindset and Mm -hmm. to love myself in, in an entirely different way and to realize like, hey, I am worthy right here, right now where I'm at. Like, I do not have to do anything else to deserve any more worthiness. And so... I think that that's a big thing, you know, for women, you know, just trying mm-hmm. to like conform yeah. to those societal expectations of physical beauty. But then mm-hmm. the second time it was more of like the work, you know, like I was pushing myself. I decided I was going to go to grad school. You know, I had just gone through a divorce and I was, you know, kind of like getting back into the swing of things. I'd gone back into, I'd gone from being an entrepreneur, owning my own business to like, okay, I'm going back into, you know, the corporate world. And I'm moving in that direction. And it was, I was traveling a ton for work. I was in sales and I was leading a team again. And it was just always, always on and, you know, big projects and always thinking that I was under the gun all Mm -hmm. the time. And, but I also had, you know, like a lot of good stuff that was happening, you know, in my life too. But I was saying yes to everything. Mm. I had no boundaries for others and for the expectations of others. And so it was just a matter of, you know, like it was very soon recovering from, you know, the, the first physical burnout from, you know, nutritional deficiency, as well as like just overworking my body physically, you know, so like coming off of that, like everything was still like very, very tender. And I get, you know, like very, it wasn't fully healed. My body had not fully healed from that first. And so to go back into that, I basically just threw my body into overdrive. And what resulted was, you know, severe hormone imbalance, hypothyroidism. I became pre-diabetic. It was just like, you know, 
one thing after another that happened. And what I you know want to encourage everyone, like you said, like take time for self-care and that, that can mm-hmm. look, you know, hey, if you are a bubble bath, you know, like candle burning, book reading person, like that is something that like brings you down, like awesome, do that. But it could also be going to a therapist. It could be mm-hmm. booking that massage. It could be like just spending a day in solitude with nothing to do. And that, like, for me, like, that's super hard. Like, to put me, you know, by myself in silence, I'm like, well, what do I do? Like, what's what's next, you know? It's very, very hard for me to, to stop and to slow down. Even, you know, as I coach people and tell them, like, you have to have that built in to your everyday. It's still, you know, I, I have those kind of the expectations of what I think, you know, others have of me. Mm-hmm. And what I should be doing in order to, you know, be earning, you know, the, the worth and, you know, my position of, you know, authority and, mm-hmm. and uh, what I'm doing, you know, with influence. Absolutely. So you mentioned that your body was burned out and that you went from one challenging situation of nutritional deprivation, over-exercising, mm-hmm. directly into another situation. So your body was taking a toll. What about Mm -hmm. your mind? Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, and I think that that's, you feel it, right? I think the physical thing, like, that's just the way, like, that's when people recognize that they have stress because they start noticing the symptoms. But your mind will start to show you the symptoms, too. My memory was terrible. I still feel some of the repercussions where, you know, like, it's just... You know, I joke, you know, like, oh, like I'm having a senior moment, you know, but I really do think that it's still, you know, kind of carrying over where, you know, word recall, that's probably like the thing that I, I feel the most and that I notice the most. And like, I'm an avid reader. So, you know, I have all of these words, you know, that I am consuming, but when it's time to speak the words, it's like, Hmm, you know, it's, it's like a, another language, like, you know, como se dice, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm looking for the word in my native English tongue. So I think that's probably the biggest thing, but also just feeling like that mental fog. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably like, that was like the scariest for me because I really did think like, do I have like early onset Alzheimer's? Like it was just right. like, okay, I sat down to do something. What am I doing? Or what's the next step of this? You know, like, huh. Yeah. You know, I've done this before. And I think that was truly like the most scary thing. But also your emotions run very high when you're in this constant state. Yeah. You know, and people, you know, like joke, you know, about women with, you know, just kind of like PMS and, you know, like that. But that's the way it felt all the time is that Mm. I just had this like just this quick trigger, you know, where I, I would just flip it, you know, where I'm totally fine. Like now, like I am so agitated and you just better get out of my way because, you know, like I'm just running high with that, that anger emotion or, you know, frustration or the sadness. I was crying. And that's when like they tested hormones because I was just crying all the time. Everything felt so much heavier than like what the reality is, right? You know, it was like, you know, 
the equivalent of, you know, like losing someone, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, like this deal fell through, like, I'm just gonna, you know, like fall apart instead of, okay, well, that was next. that, you know, like, what can I learn? Yeah. What did I, yeah. what could I have improved on? What could be different next time? So I think that, you know, like the emotions, the memory, and that just that mental fogginess of just like that unclarity. I think that that was like the biggest thing that that's where you'll see it when uh, you're in that burnout stage. And a lot of people will be like, I just, you know, like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Yes. Yeah. Is, is, you know, typically what people will say. Yeah. Do I need to check myself in someplace? Because it's, it's foreign, it's scary, and mm-hmm. we don't talk about it. People mm-hmm. don't talk about what leads to burnout, the symptoms of you're on your way. They just talk about, well, you're, you're burned out. Well, okay, let's talk about what leads up to it so that mm-hmm. I can prevent a full fledged burnout because we don't mm-hmm. want to get there. And if COVID has taught us nothing, it has taught us that life is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And if you are not prepared emotionally, spiritually, and physically, for mm-hmm. adversity, the slightest thing can tip you, you over. over. It yeah. pushes you over the edge. And for a lot of women in sales who were already high strung, taking adrenatone for their adrenals and uh, all of these things, not sleeping, taking mounds yeah. of coffee, maybe that's just in my house, but for all of those <laughs> things, and then COVID hit, we... And now you're isolated. Right now you're isolated. You have no social yeah. interaction. You're relying on Facebook mm-hmm. and LinkedIn to connect with people. It, it can be too much for some people. Mm-hmm. So I am encouraging women in sales and any women, anybody who's listening to this podcast, take care of yourself so that when the unthink, not if, but when the unthinkable mm-hmm. happens, you are better prepared to handle it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's why I love coaching so much. Because you are coming alongside someone. You're asking someone to come alongside you and to really help you with those blind spots. And as a high-performing person, as a high-performing woman, right, you are looking to, you're constantly improving. And I think that that is great. Like that is, that is something I'm always wanting to do. You know, like, Mm -hmm. like I said, if I'm not learning, I'm doing something wrong. Sure. If I'm not taking a situation and learning from it and looking at it and saying, okay, how can I be better? Then, then I know something's off with me. You know, like if, if I get to that place where I'm not doing that, but to have someone come alongside you and to support you and to say, Hey, okay, these are my goals. How do I get there? But how do I do it in a way that is congruent with who I want to be? Like, here's who I want to be. How do I make decisions right now that would honor that person of who I want to be? And I think we get so much in like that, you know, that moment of like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm not going to go take my walk. You know, like I don't want to eat a salad today. You know, like I'm, I'm going for the burger and the fries, but then you're wanting to be this, this high performing executive, Mm -hmm. you know, like. You have to be thinking about that. And I'm not saying like there's not a place, you know, for you to to have the burger and fries. I have the burger and fries. But for me, it's more of like, hey, like today, this is my plan. Like I am having the burger and the fries, but it's not a reactive decision. It's, yes. this is, you know, like 
I'm, I'm going to fuel my body in this way. This is the food that I have planned for today. Tonight, this is, you know, I'm having the burger and the fries and, you know, maybe a glass of wine. Nice. But it's, it's looking at it truly, you know, from a place of asking for support. I think that's probably like the biggest thing. Yes. And then, and like you said, you know, like mentally, physically, spiritually, how are you supporting your body? And preparing for that because when we have a situation like we did, and I was just talking to a friend last night who she's, you know, a CEO of her own business. And she was saying, you know, I felt, I felt burnt out before COVID happened. She was like, and then I don't know what happened. And she is in a place like her team is completely remote as well. And she said, it was weird because like we've are like we were already remote. But like we still lost that disconnection because like they would plan like team retreats twice a year mm. where they would go, they would plan, but they had, you know, a lot of fun. She she does a great job of loving on her team and making sure that they, they have that downtime, you know, and they couldn't do that. And so she was saying how like there were team members that quit because they were like, I can't handle like this like remote, you know, work situation. She was like, and we had already been there. So like what was different? And I'm like, they lost that disconnection. You know, like even though you were remote, you knew that you had these other events that were happening. And then when you combine that with other people who have like these personal situations, you know, like now they're homeschooling their kids. Like I was not meant to be a teacher, like to children. And and my kids are older, like they're, my two boys are in high school and I was like, you got this, right? Like, you don't need me because I can't do any of this. Like, what is this math you are doing now? You know, but like people were teaching their kids how to read. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're they teaching their kids, you know, this new, new math, the common core math, you know, <laughs> that, you know, all of us are like, what is this? Like, what? no, just carry the numbers down and, you know, like you're borrowing, what are you doing here? So... You have these teams that are made up of these people that they're all experiencing stressors in different ways. Some people, you know, like partners lost their jobs, businesses closed, and now you're you're trying to connect virtually. That's the only way that you can, but we all have these outlying situations that are happening because of it. People lost, you know, family members, you know, yes. close relatives because of this. So it was definitely something that, a lot of us weren't prepared for. And even those that are very adept and they take care of themselves, it Mm -hmm. was a challenge. It was a challenge. Very much so. It is a challenge. Yes. Life is a challenge. For sure. Life is a challenge. And someone was talking to me about resilience, resiliency. And they asked me, Cynthia, how do you become so resilient? And I said, you have a life full of adversity. Yeah. You can't, that's yeah, the only that's way the, to learn, right? That's the only way. That's the only way. And they say, well, I want to boost my, my resiliency. And I said, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you ask for. Yes, you can become resilient, but it's only through life's adversities that we mm. do so. Yeah. yeah. No, that is a great point. That is a great point. It's like when you say, like, I wish I was more patient. Oh. Well, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get some opportunities to practice your patience. Yes. You know, like we, we want to like arrive at the mountaintop, but we don't want that struggle that goes, that goes with it. Not at all. Not at all. We want the helicopter to just drop it and ta-da, like we're here. 
we have arrived. Right, right. But how much sweeter is that mountaintop because you have overcome the adversity? That's true. When you are in the adversity, though, it can seem as if the mountain is on your chest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to say, this too will pass. This too Mm -hmm. will pass. I am stronger than I think I am. I can get through this. Whatever you have to say to yourself, but this too will pass. Mm -hmm. This too will pass. And then, like, what can I do right now with what I have? What can I do right now with what I have? And tell us again that affirmation. I am... I am equipped for this. I have been prepared for this. Yes. So it, like just repeating that and like there's different iterations, you know, like as you're learning, you know, like I was saying, as you are just starting to kind of flip the script, you know, going from the the, the thought of that, you know, like this is terrible this is the end. I'm going to fail horribly that you now go to I am learning how to do this. Yes. You know, so it goes from like, I am learning, I will figure this out. I haven't figured it out yet. You know, you're, you're having that growth mindset rather than that fixed mindset of like, right. I'm just not good at this. You know, I just can't do this to, I haven't quite figured this out yet, but I will. And then yes. now, you know, for me, like it's, it's much more about like, no, like I have been prepared for this. I have been you know, I've been equipped for this. I have everything that I need within me, but what do I need to do right now to take the next step? I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. I love how you have poured into us and how you're helping and coaching others to be unstoppable. And that's what this podcast is all about is being unstoppable in, in those adverse, adverse moments when life seems to want to kick you in the teeth and we mm-hmm. get up and we smile and we give them a wink and we say, you know what, watch me do, watch me do. Yeah. I know exactly. that our listeners are going to want to connect with you, follow you, get more in your space. How can they do mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So, I mean, I am on LinkedIn Erica Eller and it's Erica E-R-I-C-K-A. I got bedazzled, so that's always like it throws throws people off with the name, the spelling. That's probably like the place where I am at the most. Also, Instagram, I'm there, the Erica Eller as well. And then if you want to like check out, you know, like what we do at Foot Traffic, you can just head to drivemoretrafficktoday.com. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This hour has gone by so fast. It but did. I knew, I I it. knew it would. I knew yeah. it would because I just like to pick your brain and all the good pearls of wisdom you have. Thank you so much for your time today, for your energy, for your smiles, and for helping women in sales become unstoppable. Oh, the same, Cynthia. The pleasure is mine. I absolutely adore you, and I love what you are doing for women to help them become unstoppable and to remind them that, you know, you might have to pause for a bit, but that doesn't mean you stop. Exactly. Don't put a period where God places a comma. There you go. Yes. Thanks again. We'll touch base soon.